0: Happy New Year, friends. Happy New Year. It is my first New Year here at Community of Grace, and uh, it is so good to be in the New Year with all of you. I was not standing in this pulpit a year ago, and uh, here you are and here we are. What a joy that is for me uh, to be able to celebrate that with you. It's a fresh start, and uh, that's the wonderful thing about the New Year is it gives everybody a fresh start, Yes. We all get a new chance. We all get something that gets to begin again. And uh, I like new beginnings. I like fresh starts. Uh, And there's one thing that tends to come into a lot of people's minds this time of year when you think about a fresh start, and that's about going and getting yourself in better physical shape. Yeah? Yeah? Going and taking care of your body. That's just a really common thing right now. Anybody who dares to go get a club membership at this point, uh, God help you. Because uh, you're going to walk in the door and you're not going to find any machines. You're not going to find anything there that's going to be available until about halfway into February. (laughs) Then things will change. You know, it it might be a a little hard to believe, but, but I have had a gym membership a couple of times. I've been a part of two different health clubs at different seasons in my life. And, you know, as being a part of those health clubs, I've learned some things. And the first thing that I've learned is you have to actually go to the club. (laughs) You know, just paying the membership dues, uh, it's not enough. I, I thought once we got the orientation and once I kept sending them my money every month that I would just start getting in better health. Um, And no, not so much the case. Uh, You actually have to go to the club regularly. That's an important part in order to build it into a habit. God has to become a habit for you to go and do that. And so that, that takes time, it takes intentionality, and it takes a regular sense of going. But then there's something else that I learned, and that is this. You have to be willing to go beyond your comfort zones if you're going to build strength. If you're going to build strength within your body, it doesn't come by just doing things the way you've always done them. It requires that you go beyond what those things are that you normally would do. You see, going to the club also requires that you get on some machines, <laughs> requires that you get on a treadmill, or perhaps on an elliptical, or, or go through the weight training circuit, or do all those different kinds of things, and you have, to, you have to be pushed in order to do that. Now, I personally am not somebody who really enjoys any of that, and so as a result, it's very easy to, to go to the club, and after a while, you start to just kind of get comfortable, well, I know I'm going to go do my 20 minutes on the elliptical, and, yeah, I'll just kind of take it easy and get my way through that. And, and then maybe I'll go do a little bit of upper body, which winds up being, oh, I'll, I'll do a couple of bench presses. And, and, and then and that's pretty much it. Until I got a gym membership down in Sioux City, Iowa, shortly after I got there. And they had a deal there, and the deal was this. When you joined, you got a free session with a personal trainer. So I thought, well, why not? I'd love to meet with a personal trainer, show them just how ready I am to work, impress them with my dedication and my physical acumen. (laughs) After I got off the floor, I realized why people don't like personal trainers, but why they're so necessary. They're so necessary. You need a personal trainer in many cases in order to push you beyond your comfort zones. Because when there's somebody standing there in your ear going, you can do one more. Come on, you've got one more in you. Oh, you can go a little bit further. I know you can go a little bit further. Just stretch yourself a little bit further. It gives you that encouragement. It gives you that empowerment to be willing to stretch outside of your comfort zones. And that's so important if you want to get yourself into shape. Friends, I believe that God is calling us as a congregation to something important this year. He always calls us to new and important things, but I believe this year God wants to build strength in our members so that we become stronger as a body. Now when you hear that language, we know about our own physical bodies, and and we may know what members mean. It's the different parts of your body, but that language is not language that I just made up in talking about the church. That's language from the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul used this language as a metaphor to describe how Christ's church is meant to work. It's meant to be a part with him and a part of him, but it functions like a body, with each member doing its part. And I would encourage you to, to read through 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the entirety of it, to get a feeling of what Paul is speaking of when he talks about the parts of the body. Parts and members are just another word for the same thing. Now, we can sometimes get member confused with a club membership, right? Where it's like, well, you know, as long as I go every once in a while and pay my dues, that's, that's all that's required, right? Not if you want to grow strong. Not if you want to grow strong. If you want to grow strong, it requires being there regularly and then being stretched beyond what is comfortable for you. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we are starting this new sermon series called Spiritual Bodybuilding. It's not just any kind of bodybuilding we want to do. We want to do spiritual bodybuilding. We will be focusing during this series on the subject of spiritual gifts as described in the New Testament. And how each of them are a part of the body that builds up strength together as each one of us does our part. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. But it's important at this time as we set this up to define some terms... Because there's some things that we've been exposed to perhaps many times that just need to be clarified. And for some of us, we may just be beginning this journey. And I want to welcome you to this journey with us as we learn together about these spiritual gifts and what this all means. So to start with, I want to just read for you once again that section from 1 Corinthians that talks about and sets up this understanding of spiritual gifts From Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. Listen to it again. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good determines there's some language in there that's really important for us to understand because when we talk about spiritual gifts that word spiritual can catch people off guard see if you throw the word spiritual out into the common world today spiritual can mean anything spiritual can take on just about any form or shape that anybody wants it to if somebody enjoys trees they can start to talk about the spirit of the trees if someone enjoys animals, they can start talking about the spirit of the animals. But here's the deal we're not talking about those kinds of spiritual things when we are talking about spiritual gifts. We are talking about the Holy Spirit's gifts. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is a person. The third person of the Trinity, the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he has something in particular for each and every member of the body. He has gifts. He has gifts for you. And that's the next important part of this term. Spiritual gifts. They are gifts. Now some of you may have received some gifts at Christmas this year. I hope you did. If you receive some gifts at Christmas this year, I'm willing to bet that it wasn't something that you went out and earned because that's not the point of giving and receiving gifts. The point of a gift is it is something that is given to you without earning it. It's given out of a sense of love. It's given out of a sense of relationship and community. That's what a gift is. So when we talk about spiritual gifts, we are talking about the work of the Holy Spirit as he gives things freely to those who are a part of his body without earning any of it. That's the gift of what this is all about spiritual gifts. So they are not earned. And they are a gift. Now, there's a lot of them. There's a few of them that are mentioned in this one passage, but I want to go down a list here for you because this list is going to help define what we're going to be talking about over the course of this sermon series. So let me quickly move my way through this list of gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament. You ready? Hold on to your hats. Here we go. The gift of helps, the gift of hospitality, the gift of mercy, the gift of faith, the gift of giving, the gift of leadership, the gift of administration, the gift of intercession, the gift of shepherding, the gift of encouragement, the gift of apostleship, the gift of evangelism, the gift of teaching, the gift of discernment, the gift of knowledge, the gift of prophecy, the gift of wisdom, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of tongues, and the gift of the interpretation of tongues. It's a list. That includes the gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament. They are gifts from the Holy Spirit, and one of them or more of them are for you. They're for you. Now, which gifts do you have personally? That's a really good question, and that's part of why we are going through this sermon series, because at the end of this sermon series, or actually towards the end, middle time of this sermon series, I should say more towards the end of the month, we are going to give you an opportunity to go online and do a spiritual gifts inventory for yourself. To help learn and discover what some of these gifts may be for you in particular. So, let me do a little bit of describing of how we can start to understand which gifts we have and what they might be. And I'm gonna do that by talking about three gifts today the gift of helps, the gift of hospitality, and the gift of mercy. Each one shares some things in common with one another. They're gifts of the heart, they're often gifts that take place in the background. But they are gifts, nonetheless. The gift of helps, the gift of hospitality, and the gift of mercy. What do each one of those mean? Well, the gift of helps is the ability to work alongside others, attaching spiritual value to the practical, often behind-the-scenes tasks that sustain the body of Christ. The gift of helps The gift of helps is that gift that is not often up front. It's not often in the limelight or on stage. The gift of helps is something that's working in the background through someone. How do you identify and perhaps know what that gift is? Well first it's good to identify some people who you may already know who exhibit that gift and are working in that gift. Now I've only been here at Community of Grace for a brief period of time but I've come to know many of you and some of you more than others. And as I think about the gift of helps, there's one particular person who comes to mind for me right now, and that doesn't mean he's the only person, but I think of Gary Johnson. That's who I think of when I think of helps. Gary's often in the background. Gary's often pitching in and doing what it is that God calls him to do. He's a man of duty. He's just going to do it. And that's a gift. That's a gift that God has given to Gary that he is nurtured through the Holy Spirit to continue to serve in that way. Now what about the gift of hospitality? Oh, the gift of hospitality is the ability to provide a warm welcome for people that demonstrates God's love by providing food, shelter, or fellowship. That's hospitality, a very important gift. shows up a lot in the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, but it's often one, again, that takes place in the background. You don't really notice it Until you notice it. And when I think of hospitality, I think of Kathy Schneider. Kathy was one of the first people to greet me when I came here to Community of Grace. Kathy loves to prepare food. She loves to just have things out there for people to feel welcome. It's important to her. And she exhibits that gift as she serves. Now many of the rest of you have those similar gifts. I'm just talking about what I noticed at first. And what about the gift of mercy? Ah, the gift of mercy, that's that's an interesting gift because I know that I don't really have it. (laughs) I can be very merciful for a very short period of time. What is mercy? Well, mercy is the ability to perceive the suffering of others and comfort and minister effectively with empathy. Now, how does that play out practically? Well, mercy is not giving the judgment that someone deserves. Not giving the judgment that someone deserves. Every one of us are sinners. Every one of us falls short. Every one of us fail in this life. And as a result, every one of us has earned judgment. That's what we've earned, friends. But mercy is to not spread or to not put that judgment upon somebody, to not follow through with it. That's mercy. And it comes from a place of empathy and from understanding. Who do I see that exhibits that gift? Well, one of the first people that came to my mind was Tim Orr. When I see Tim, there's just nothing about Tim that you ever feel like you're being judged by. <laughs> ever. Ever. You meet Tim, and Tim is just happy to meet you. And he just shares that love openly and easily. That's mercy, friends. Now, that's just some examples of mercy. But how do you know if perhaps you have one of these particular spiritual gifts or one of the other ones? Well, let me start with this. You begin with your natural gifts, and you move towards what can become supernatural, See, the thing about the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that they are supernatural, but they are not separate from who you are as a person. See, the beauty and the wonder of what we celebrated during the season of Christmas is the idea of something we call the incarnation. God with flesh. God coming to be with us as one of us. Jesus does that on purpose, God knew what he was doing in presenting himself as one of us. And it's to show the fact that this body and your body physically as a member has value. And the gifts and talents that you have been given by God, they are valuable and they are needed. But just because you have been naturally given one of these gifts doesn't mean that you've supernaturally experienced the Holy Spirit working through that gift. See, I know there are many people who may have a gift of helps, who, who are naturally have a, a talent towards wanting to, to pitch in and help, but, but they've just never really thought of it as a gift. Or they haven't really practiced it regularly. Because practice is a part of what helps it to grow and strengthen, and that comes through the work of the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural work. So if that gift might be helps for you, look for some people or look in yourself to say, do I naturally want to be one of those people who when somebody brings up an opportunity or, or a job that just needs to get done, that you're one of the first that just goes, yeah, I'll just take care of it. That might be a gift of helps that is within you. And it's worth investigating. What about hospitality? What if you're one of those people who just can't resist inviting people to your home? When there are opportunities to to welcome and have people as a part, yeah, you may work hard. It may be difficult, but, but you can't imagine living life otherwise. You want your home to be a welcoming place. You want people, when they come through the doors of the church, to feel welcome and at home. That might be a spiritual gift in the waiting, a natural gift that God has given to you that he wants to infuse with the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit for the betterment and strengthening of the body. What about mercy? What about mercy? Do you know those people in your life who you feel comfortable sharing anything with, knowing that no matter what you shared with them, it would never change their love for you? I pray that everybody has at least one person like that in their lives. That's a person of mercy. That's a person who you know, no matter what you shared with them, would look at you and say, hey, you know what? That's real. I want to pray with you, but it does not change in one ounce the fact that I still love you. Each of us have room to grow in mercy, of course, but some are more naturally gifted with it, and once that natural gift is infused with the power of the Holy Spirit, it goes everywhere, and it builds up the body of Christ. And that gets us to how do I strengthen my gifts. Once you identify what those gifts are, how do you strengthen them? Well, just like we shared before, it's like going to the gym. Number one, you got to use it regularly. So if you think you might have a gift of helps, look for opportunities and say, you know what, okay, I'm going to sign up. I know my time is busy, and I, and I know I've got a lot of other things that I'm doing, but I'm, I'm going to move some things aside so that I can help and do that. Step into it. Do it regularly. Practice it. And then go beyond what feels comfortable. Maybe helping in an area that you've never helped in before. Maybe going, you know what, I don't know that I have the, necessarily the natural skills to do that particular task, but I'm willing to learn, and I have a heart that wants to help, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the risk of stepping into that trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to be there with me. And then you have to be okay with failing. Now, we don't like to fail. Nobody likes to fail. But the problem is if you're ever going to grow in strength, you have to be willing to fail. As a matter of fact, there's a term for that that ties directly to that when it comes to weightlifting. In weightlifting, you work towards a max, a maximum weight that you can possibly push at one given time. And the fact is, as you progress towards that goal, and as you work out and do more repetitions, there comes a point where your muscles fail, where they can no longer push any further. And that's important. Because that means you have reached the point where your muscles are going to need to strengthen. And they have been pushed, and they have been, they have been challenged, they have been stretched, and now they are ready to grow and repair and become stronger. It's the point of failure in your muscles. We have to be okay with that, friends. We have to be okay with people trying out new things, being willing to step into them, and you yourself being willing to say, ah, you know what, that didn't quite go so well but I'm not going to give up trying. I'm not going to see if maybe I just was in the wrong place at the wrong time with that gift, or maybe I just have more to learn, or maybe I need to trust more that God is at work. So use them regularly. Go beyond and be stretched and be okay with failure. Now let me give you a couple of closing points here about some things not to do. As we go through this sermon series, We're going to be talking about a wide variety of gifts. And some of these gifts may feel like, oh, a gift of helps. Well, that's just somebody who likes to help people out. That's great. But, boy, the gift of prophecy. Whoa. Wow, now that's a really cool gift. I wish I could have that gift. Don't compare gifts. Don't compare gifts. No matter what, when you start to compare gifts you will always feel disappointed. Receive the gift that God has for you because it is essential that that gift be exercised within the body of Christ for the body of Christ to be healthy and whole and strong. The body doesn't need 15 mouths, even though sometimes I've been accused of having that many. (laughs) The body needs you and your particular Gift. So don't compare it to somebody else's and wonder if it's more important or not. Second, don't compete with your gifts. Don't make it a competition to see who can be the more spiritual of the other people around you. That's called hyper-spirituality. And it keeps you from staying grounded in the reality of who you are as a human being and who each of us is. Own your gifts Be happy to to bring them before the Lord. Be humble in the way that you present them because they're a gift. You didn't earn it anyway. But don't compare yourself or your gifts to others and don't compete to try and see who can be the best prophet or who who can really do that evangelism thing better than, than everybody else. Unless it's done out of a place of love, it doesn't matter anyway. So don't compare, don't compete. But use your gifts regularly. Discover what they are. Go beyond. Be stretched in them. Be okay with failure. What's at stake? Just the life of our church. Now, I mean that, friends. What's at stake with us using our gifts, with each member doing its part so the whole body becomes stronger? What's at stake is the life of our church. And that may sound scary, but the reality of it is in the times that we live, in the world around us that is shifting and changing, and as the church changes as well, it must change and recognize that in that change, in that stretching, in that discovering your gifts, and in that leaning into the Holy Spirit, there is something at stake. And it's the message of the gospel through the church. It's this church in particular, and every other church in particular. The very life of the church is at stake. And if that fills you with fear, then listen to my last part, which is this don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is your personal trainer, and He is our personal trainer. And he knows what is best. And he does everything out of the love of God that is poured out towards you. And he's desiring the very best for you and the very best for this congregation for the sake of his mission in the world. So you don't have to be afraid. The Holy Spirit is your personal trainer. Let's let him train us over the course of this time. Let's be humble and listen to what God is teaching us and be humble with one another. And let's encourage one another in the Holy Spirit. I believe God wants to do something great and significant this year. I believe he wants to strengthen each member of this congregation so that we can become strong as the body of Christ. Stronger yet for his mission in the world. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Pray for God to make it clear as we come into this year. Pray for God to make it clear to you and clear to me what those gifts are and how he is using them to strengthen us as a body for his purposes. You know, every preacher who has any clue at this time of the year will say something about the fact that it's 2020. 2020 vision, right? It's not bad. Because I'm praying for a vision this year. I believe God is starting to give some inklings about what that is. But it doesn't matter unless all of us start to see what it is that God wants to do in us personally so that God can move through us corporately for the sake of his kingdom. Nobody can be a disciple of Jesus for you. Living into these gifts and learning of these gifts and finding out how they apply to your life and then being willing and bold to stretch out and try them and fail at them and grow and try and fail again and continue to grow in strength, that's the journey of a disciple. And the Holy Spirit is all about encouraging you in this and even empowering you and giving you the strength within you to walk this journey. So let's walk this journey together, friends. Let's make that commitment, but most importantly, let's respond to the good news that Jesus has been born, that Jesus has lived and died and sacrificed himself for your sins so that you can be forgiven. He has risen to new life so that you can have new life, and he has sent the Holy Spirit to you and to me to empower us to live an abundant life unlike any other life that we could possibly live. Let's step into that today. Let's begin now in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this journey that you have brought us on. Thank you for the new, fresh start that we get at the beginning of a new year. And as your word says, Lord, you are doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Lord, help us to perceive it. Help us to see where we are going corporately as a congregation, and then seeing as individual members, as individual parts of this greater body, how it is you are using our gifts and growing those gifts to further your mission that everyone would know and that everyone would be brought into the family. Jesus, we trust you in this. We are grateful, Lord, that we can walk this journey without fear because you are with us.